0: What if we took away all the lights? Hand all the music? What if we took away all the people? What if we took away all the social media platforms? What would your foundation be? What would you stand on? Jesus said that the mysteries of the kingdom of God were given for us to know, but they were given to them in parables. Everything that we believe and everything that we stand on is found in the foundation of these parables. Through parables, Jesus taught about love. Through parables, Jesus taught about mercy. Through parables, Jesus taught about forgiveness and the reconciliation of the world. He used parables to fight the religious leadership of his day that is the move of god for this day for this age we are changing religious perspective it is time that we get back to the basics it's time that we get back to the understanding of the kingdom it's time that we go back to the feet of the cross we take these parables and we dissect these and we understand who it is that we're supposed to be in the kingdom so that we can go out and we can bring other people in so that jesus can love them so that jesus can reveal himself to them so that god will be glorified What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another installment in the Undead and Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are here to continue our conversations in the parable series. And so far, things have been going fairly good. I'm going to go ahead and introduce our other host. Go ahead, Jason, say hi to everybody.
1: I'm Jason. Hi, everybody.
0: And uh, Brandon, go ahead and say hi to everybody.
1: Hey, everybody.
0: Um, you guys got anything you guys want to throw out here before we do the rundown on people reaching out to us? Any, any comments, questions, concerns? I'm just I joking. I forgot is like my name. It. It. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, uh, no, so uh, we got some good news. I got some exciting news, Exact, uh, and we've already shared it with the team. But uh, we officially got our 501c3 status um, from the IRS, so that's pretty exciting for us. And, um, you know, that's that's great. That's just really that's just really good. That's going to make a lot of things for us later on down the road really easy. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But we got that taken care of. Um you want to give them the rundown about how they can reach out to uh, well that's one of you two think you can do it.
1: Mm-hmm. No, thank you. <laughs> he
0: says no thank you. It's okay to laugh in the microphones, guys. <laughs> 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 oh <my God. laughs> Anyways, but uh so uh
2: yeah, um do you want to go ahead and give them the rundown? Um yeah, you can get a hold of us on um Facebook, uh Instagram, TikTok, and our website. TikTok is very inactive. Yeah, so we're not very active on there. We're still trying to figure it all out. Um, but some of those dances are not okay. No, I don't get on there for that. <laughs> but um, you can get a hold of us on our website as well. There's a little drop down tab um, when you click on that. It's on at indeedandintruthministries dot org. Okay, uh, so indeedandintruthministries dot org. Like she said,
0: contact tab. Um, you can reach out to us there. We got ebooks getting ready to drop. Um, hopefully, we'll be firing our devotions back up in April.
2: Yes, and we've actually got people that are coming in and writing them, so it's not all just me anymore. So look forward to those.
0: Yep, yeah. and uh, um, we're also going to be updating our team page. So we're going to be updating. So you guys will be able to read about our team and stuff like that. And you guys will be able to read about their testimonies and their stories and stuff like that, whatever it is that they want to share on that. But we're going to be updating that here pretty soon. Um, and I think that's it. And I know we're talking about getting into video podcasting, and uh, we're still in the works on that, but we will work on it, I guess is a better way to say it. I don't know how else to say it. Um, so anyways, that's it. Uh, so I guess we're just going to kick this thing off. Um, you guys got any comments about, uh, I know we're recording tonight, but the the episode for last week... Uh, Just released. If you guys haven't listened to it, it was rock or sand uh, is what we called it. And we just talked about being a wise person and being a foolish person. Um, Has anybody got any comments about that before we kind of move on? And go ahead. Go ahead, Brandon.
3: Go ahead. And just being hearers and doers of the word.
0: Okay. That's it. That's all you got. All that wisdom they dropped on him and just that's it. It
3: comes out and slow leaking.
0: (laughs) Slow leaking.
1: It was a good point,
0: though. I mean, the Bible says that your belly will be a river of living water, it'll flow, there's no leaks you're leaking go ahead laugh it's okay he's over there trying not to laugh in the microphone it's hard not to laugh in the microphone though no it's okay i don't mind it go ahead i mean if if it's too loud we'll just cut it out no i i just listened to it
3: today and it was really a repetitive topic about uh doing and hearing so that was something i believe that was vital to the conversation
0: Yeah, no, definitely. And it is though, it's, it's very repetitive. Just like these, these, you know, I, I, like I said, I think we could probably crack this open for a couple of weeks, but you know, this, these are repetitive topics, but this was the simplicity of the kingdom. This was what Jesus paid a price for, and he hid the mysteries inside the parables. And actually, I'm glad you brought that up because that brings me, I want to go back over our foundational scripture, and we'll probably address it every couple of weeks or whatever. Uh, Matthew 13, 10 and 11, it says, And the disciples came and said unto him, Why speakest thou uh, unto them in parables? And he answered and said to them, Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. And so I know some things, some of our topics may seem very repetitive. Uh, And we may kick that horse around for a week or so. But the point being is is this was the simplicity of the gospel. This was what Jesus called the mysteries of the kingdom. He said, and they've been given to you, but to them they're in parables. Well, guess what? We were then before we were used. So we've got to decipher He's like, you trying to figure that out? You no, know, it made we sense We were now. thems before we were used. He said, it's been given to you, but to them, it's been given in parables. So before Christ, we were thems.
1: You you caught up with me? Yeah, I I get it now. <laughs> the wheels started turning. The right? wheels
2: started turning. I saw some smoke. I just wanted to make sure <laughs> studio wasn't going to burn down. <laughs> I think we'd get a lot of um, backlash if we made shirts that said, I'm not a them, but...
0: Oh, Uh, well,
2: because of that comment, but
0: I was about to say, uh,
2: I was thinking about shirts and I was like, oh, that'd be really cool. And I was like, no, 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 it probably wouldn't. Oh, no, I totally
0: would do it. You know what? We're going to, we're going to start a clothing line and that's what we're going to do. We were then before we were used. And then someone's going to be like, what are you talking be Like Matthew 13, 10 and 11. We're totally doing that. I'm going to get everybody. (laughs) I'm going to get everybody in the staff. We're all going to wear it. And the next time we go to the nursing homes, we can just wear them in there. See how many people. Ooh, oh, oh, I would love to get a hold of some... Woke, oh, I, 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 anyways, we're going move settle right Settle down,
2: ho, Settle down. I'll oh, get a hold of them. I'll straighten
0: straight them out. Saying, hey, you.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm going to cut the sleeves off. Hey, let them. me love Sorry.
2: you for a minute. Yeah, come here and let me love
1: them for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> that did not sound right at all. But uh,
0: anyways, so... Hey, so we know that the mysteries were given to us. Um, and so this this week we're going to get into the unshrunk, um, the old cloth and old garment, and the uh, old and new wineskins. So has somebody got Matthew 9, 16, and 17 pulled up here? Somebody already got it? Go ahead and read it.
1: No man put a the piece of new cloth onto an old garment for that which is put in to fill it up, take it away from the garment, and the rent is made worse. Neither do men put new wine into old bottles, else the bottles break and the wine runneth out, and the bottles perish. But they put new wine into new bottles, and both are preserved. Have you ever? Have you ever made wine, just out of curiosity? Okay,
0: my dad used to do brewery and, and distillery and stuff like that in our basement when I was a kid, and. That made so much sense to me because you cannot mix you can't mix the two of them because you will bust out and you you will bust out the skins you'll but they have to be new all the way around. it has to be a new process, and so every time you do it, it has to be new um I
2: was about to say I've done it in a water bottle, so I know that if you stick old in a water bottle with the, or a new with the old in the water bottle, the water bottle will explode so it's the same concept with the fermenting process. they be into some stuff. <laughs> <laughs> they do that in prisons. They take fruit and stick it down in the bottles and wait on ferment it to ferment the fruit make yeah. double
3: juice. Yeah, I was going to say I believe the fermentation process is different.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so and but it does. You can't mix the two of them. Look at Jason no. over there just staring <laughs> at us. You know, I am interested to go to video. It's going to be <laughs> his facial expressions
1: will be worth it alone. Well, I um, just I, it, to me, I get it. The concept's right because the fermentations, um, it, once you start adding something to that, it's going to try to change the chemistry of it, and it will burst. But to actually see it in effect, I've never done. And like you guys are describing it with a water bottle and and uh, seeing it out <laughs> in the basement, I'm like, um, I ain't, I'm not from the hills or hollers, and I haven't <laughs> done anything <laughs> like that, so. Just to put that Sometimes out there. Sometimes
0: you just got to do what you got to do. I just it. never it. My dad used to it. make I never homemade sake it. all the time, man. It was great. Yeah, you did tell me about that yeah. before. Yeah. He'd always be like, check the balloon. Get <laughs> downstairs. Balloon was fat. It's not ready. <laughs> but anyways, moving right along. <laughs> so, okay. Anybody in here ever patched their pants? I have. Okay.
2: I've sewed all kinds of stuff.
0: Oh, so you've sewed patches into pants.
2: Now, do you think that that makes it better or worse? Um, it depends on how the rip is, how like bad it is. Like if you're putting it on a pat on a pair of jeans that's been ripped, it's hard to put a patch on because it shreds the material. Okay, and that's actually an interesting statement
0: because I was just thinking about Brandon's mom as soon as I said that, and we was over uh, for Emma's daughter's birthday and I was out there messing around with all the kids and Brandon, and I ripped the crotch out of my pants, and I was all upset about it because I was was upset that my brand-new pair of pants just got messed up. And then I come back over there, and Sue goes, how about you stitch them? I said, can you do that? She goes, well, how bad's the rip? And I jumped up and was, like, showing it to her. (laughs) She pulled my pants out trying to show off to her. I was like, you tell me, is that fixable? And she goes, nope. She's like, it ripped right at the seam. She's like, you can't fix
2: that. And I was
0: like... She's a seamstress. She does yeah. what she's doing. And uh,
2: and Liz, she likes to have me because you don't like her to have holes in her pants. So she comes to me all the time. She's like, "Hey, can you put a patch in these?" So if they're ripped a specific way, I can. But if it's too close to the seam, you can't do it. Or if you're if you've cut the cloth wrong, and you're trying to patch the cloth on the the cloth onto the pants, and you've cut it wrong, it'll shred as well when you're trying to sew it. So it it's a really delicate. Process if you well, and the only point that I'm trying to make
0: here is that everybody here has some level of real world experience with about what Jesus was talking about. Right, here. we all have some level of understanding. This is this. So before we just kind of move on to these other readings of this, I just wanted to kind of get that picture painted. Who's got Mark two twenty one and twenty two? Go
2: ahead, Amber, read that. So no one sews a patch of unshrunk new cloth to an old garment; otherwise, the patch pulls away from it, and the new from the old. And the tear becomes worse. No one puts new wine into old wine skins, otherwise the fermenting wine will expand and burst the skin, and the wine will lose all. And the wine is lost, as well as the wine skins. But new wine must be put into a new wine skins.
0: Okay. All right. And how about uh, Luke five thirty six through thirty nine? Apparently. Uh. They added a verse in there because it adds a whole new dimension according to two of the four hosts. It actually does. I read it. Well, never mind. Now
3: we got four. Three. All
0: right. Go ahead.
3: 36. Then he spoke a parable to them. No one puts a piece from a new garment on an old one. Otherwise, the new makes a tear, and also the piece that was taken out of the new does not match the old. And no one puts new wine into it into old wineskins or else the new wine will burst the wineskin and be spilled and the wineskins will be ruined but new wine must be put into new wineskins and both are preserved and no one having drunk old wine immediately desires new for he says the old is better all right so i have a feeling it's a
0: three to four vote, and we're going to spend majority of our time talking about this specific account of the scripture.
1: So, who wants to start? Go ahead, Jason. Pop it open. Go ahead, Jason. Okay, so I, I well, we discussed uh, right before uh, we started recording that I was having trouble with the understanding right there at the end of uh, of Luke in thirty nine. Can you read that last part again, there? In thirty nine.
2: And no one after drinking old wine wishes for new, for he says the old is fine. I think he wanted Brandon to do it. You're wrong. Uh, well
1: it's okay. It, it was right in my face. <laughs> I figured it'd be nice. The the point of it was is that I'm I had a hard time thinking about somebody wanting the old wine again or the old uh the old way because i'm i'm equating the the wine with the anointing of christ and the and well the testament you know the new testament and the old testament and i couldn't understand i couldn't wrap my head around the understanding of of trying to go back into that because that to me <laughs> is very troubling i'm getting some looks from brandon here i, I love him <laughs> He's you're <under> like <laughs> <laughs> well, again, the video would be great for that, right there. Yeah, he
0: he uh, he put two fingers together and then put three fingers up, almost like an okay, okay sign. sign. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so gonna start anyway, narrating everything you guys do. <laughs> I appreciate it. So Very anyway, delicately. that uh, rubbed his leg. The understand the understanding <laughs> for me.
1: I'm sorry. I hope you edited that part. He did not rub my leg. Let's just no, put no, that into the world. No, you rubbed your leg. Oh. <laughs> Anyways, moving right along. So, but my understanding was, is I couldn't wrap my head around the idea of anybody wanting to go back. And, you know, after you've tasted Jesus and you found out how sweet he was, why would you want to, why would you want to return to the old ways and the sacrifice and the laws? You know, that to me, that just, you're going back to works. You're, you're going away from the grace of God and going back into works to where you have to sacrifice and you have to, to make sure that you're living According to the law. In a
2: comfortable way that you understood. That's what I'm getting out of it. Like, you understood that way. You you were used to that way. And God forbid you have to change out of that way and do something different. Because sometimes, and that's something I've learned through transition and transition periods, is sometimes in those transitions, we have to understand that there's a new way. There's a new way that we're about to Open up in a, in a deeper way, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, that new anointing is coming. That deeper anointing is coming. So you're stepping into a new arena in that. And I, I think that's awesome. Like, See,
1: I and I like that, too, because that actually describes how comfortable it is to be in the old. Yeah. You know, just and that could be a way to describe it being better because it is comfortable. When you're trying to transition, even as a Christian, it's you're transitioning so into a deeper realm with God. It hurts, man. There's yeah. growing pains that come with that
2: because you got to cut everything off.
1: Exactly, you're cutting. You're you're uh, you're trying to understand, and then doing so, you you need to back away sometimes. You need to shut yourself off from certain things, and you just need to get before the Lord. And yeah, it it is a sacrifice. You have to drop everything out just to find out, you know, what it is you're trying to transition into.
2: The circumcision. How, How about yeah. what they you, talk about?
1: Uh, Brandon? What do you think? What do you think?
0: Don't worry about what I think yet.
3: <laughs> I think we have similar ideas. Um, actually, I think to get a better understanding, you may want to go up to like 33. It says, Then they said to him, Why do the disciples of John fast often and make prayers? And likewise, those are the Pharisees, but yours, but yours eat and drink. <clears throat> and you can continue on, but I think it's just odd that he mentions the Pharisees and their ways. So I think... When he speaks in 36 through 39, I think it's talking more about the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, the Mosaic Law versus what Jesus is bringing. And and so I think it's important for us to understand that there is two different ideas or laws, you could say, that we have to choose to be from. We either have to be from the new cloth or the old cloth, the old wine or the new wine. But the other thing that I I like to point out is the cloth, it rips and it actually makes the tear worse than before. And then as for the wine, he says that new wine has to be put into a new wineskin, That means you can't put the two together and expect them to work. One's either going to tear worse or it's just going to completely bust. So we have to get rid of that mentality that, okay, because even Jesus said that he came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. And so I think that was a hard concept for them to understand because they're like, well, who is this man?
0: Well, not just that, but they were under the impression that they were fulfilling the law. You know, and, and this is the same conversation me and Jason had before we started recording. You know, they, they had this understanding that not only were they fulfilling, but Jesus looked at them and said, your traditions you have used and they transcend the law of God. And so why is it that Moses wore a veil over his face? It was to hide the fact and the message that God was giving to the people was the covenant and the glory that I give you now is going to fade and it is going to be done away with because there's going to be another who's going to come. He said, I'm going to raise a prophet up like unto your brethren, and he's going to be like your brethren. He's going to be like Moses. He's going, to, And that is who you're going to hear. Remember, on the Mount of Transfiguration, I just preached this probably a month ago. On the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus took his three core up there. He took Peter, John, and uh, I think it was James that went up there with him. And so he got up there, and while he was up there, Moses and uh Moses and Elijah showed up. And Peter said, Let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for the law, or one for Moses, and one for Elijah. So what was the what was the picture being painted here? We have the Messiah, we have the King, we have the law, and we have the prophets. And all three of them are standing here right now in unison. We can make tabernacles. And as far as the Jewish people were concerned, Jesus' Reign and birth on the earth was bringing a Masonic kingdom. They were under the impression it was coming now, and so the few days before that, they said, "Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna!" What were they saying? They were recognizing him as king, and it, it, his word, they would have overthrown the Roman government, and they would have, they would have all died to put him on the throne somewhere. They just would have. And Jesus wasn't arrogant to that. He, he knew what, what, what was, actually, the Bible actually tells us in one translation, it was I think it was the New Living Translation, he had already perceived what was in the heart of man. He already knew what was there. He already knew what that person was capable of. So you said, well, what do you think about this? I think it's, I think it's actually quite simple, but it's complex in itself. Here's why. When Jesus wanted you to really understand something, what did he say to you? Anybody what okay he said verily, verily, what was he what was he trying to drive the point home? Stop what you're doing and listen to what I'm saying. He says, you need to hear this now this is one of the first accounts. now there's a couple of parables that Jesus did this with, but this is one of the first accounts where Jesus is illustrating a mystery of the kingdom in two different ways, but it's all teaching the exact same concept. you cannot mix what you have with what I'm about to give you. You cannot live in a spirit-filled life, as Paul said it in Romans, and still fulfill the works and deeds and laws of the flesh. He said, therefore, I find in my flesh I serve the law of sin, or the law of my, he said in my flesh I serve the law of my flesh, but in my mind I serve the law of, or the, the law of Christ, or the law of the spirit, or something like that. I can't remember the analogies he was using. Uh, but that was, that was what Paul was, Essentially kind of getting at, and we know that this is supported based in First Corinthians 6, 19 through 20. And he said, What know you not that your body is a temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? So accepting Jesus as Savior and as Lord, and being baptized in his name, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, and being getting remission of sins and then being filled with the Holy Ghost, he says. For you were bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which now belong to God. Whereas before you had no right to enter in, right? We've talked about this. You guys have heard me preach it a hundred times. Jesus' death did not give you holiness. Your job is to work that out. Your job is to strive by the spirit of God to perfect yourself in his image. You've just now been given the tools. Whereas before man didn't have, well, how could you make a statement like that? Because the glory of the old covenant was passing away.
2: Not just that, but it says, be ye holy, for I am holy,
0: which right, means that but, you
2: have that choice whether right, or not you want to be do, or not. You do have a choice, but I'm
0: just, I'm trying to draw attention to the fact that God has already made a declaration. This is done. Right? It had just started. He had just gave it to him and he was like, nah, this isn't going to work. Now, I was recently convicted by a young woman that uh, I believe that she has definitely got some edge of prophetic about her because she made a statement, and I got thinking about it, and she's not wrong, but she said, Jesus isn't religion, it's relationship, and she said, this is probably the most hypocritical thing I've ever heard in my life, and I was like, okay, well, let's hear what you got to say about it, right? I'll at least try something once, and she said, it's both. Relationship causes obedience, relationship causes you to want to please that other person and not hurt them. Now, you can't sit here and tell me that we don't have religious statutes in Christianity because what are the parables? They are the statutes of the church that says this is who you are supposed to be. And this is what Jesus is. Again, here we are, old and new. You don't get to come in and bring all your mess with you and your unredeemed life with you and all this crap that you want to bring along. And then Jesus looks at you and says, no leave it. He said, can I go and bury my father first? He said, let the dead bury their dead. Follow me. Now he wasn't being inconsiderate. He wasn't being hateful to him. He was trying to teach that young man something. And actually there was another guy that came and said, which is the greatest commandment? And he he told him and he said, well, I've kept all these things from my youth. And he says, ah, you have, he said, but there's still yet one thing that you haven't done. Sell everything that you've got, give it to the poor and come after me. And the Bible says that that young man left because he had great things. So you can't bring your materialism into the kingdom and think that you're going to get somewhere with it. You can't bring your thoughts and ideas and ideologies into the kingdom and think that you're going to get anywhere with it. Because once you become his, it is his way. Go ahead.
2: I was going to say it comes back to I was listening to uh, Zonti. He he did this teaching today, and he was talking about being a complete vessel and emptying yourself out, and that's exactly what those people were doing, and that's what Jesus was telling them to do. Empty everything you have, whether it be physical or emotional, whatever baggage you're carrying, drop it now so that I can fill you with what I have.
1: Now you got to be careful too, because if you're not allowing Jesus to fill you up or getting filled up with what what He's trying to teach you, He's got the uh, the uh, what is it uh, the unclean spirit. And in Matthew twelve forty three to forty five, He says, "The unclean spirit leaves, and He comes back, and He finds that it's empty. He's like, He might come back in. Well, He will come back in. He's going to bring seven worse with him. Oh yeah. So you have to make sure that when you are that new man." You're filling it up. You're filling yourself up completely full as that new man. Exactly.
0: So here we are still. We're talking about abandoning traditions that we've been taught by our families and our parents. Abandoning these things that we've been given. And we're going after him with everything that's left in us. Because then you can go up here, and it goes right to this next scripture that I've got in Luke 9, 23 and 24. He said, and he said unto them, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Now, if you don't... now. I understand because I have also said it's not religion, it's relationship. But what is the definition of religion? It's an observance of statutes based on culture. Or the, maybe the religious culture is a better way to say that. I'm paraphrasing the definition. So he said, you're going to take up your cross daily and you're going to follow me. So that means every day when you get up, do, Jason, do you have a choice to follow Christ? We all have that choice,
1: but no. When you get up in the
0: morning, do you have a choice? Yes. Do you have a free will? I do. Okay, Brandon, do you got a free will? Do you have a choice? Amber, do you got a free will? Do you have a choice? And I've got a free will and I've got a choice. So he said every day you're going to get up and do that. He said for whosoever will save his life will lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. So if you ask me, and like I said, I think there was a little bit of edge on her when she said that, because I'm telling you what, man, it was like the Holy Ghost just drove a knight right, in, like, right into my heart. And I was like, the, yeah, yeah, because he has an expectation for us. He has an expectation. You know, what did Paul say? He said, how much more greater condemnation would a person be thought worthy of if they died under the law? If they broke one part, they were a transgressor of it all, and they took him out and they stoned him. He said, how much more do you think somebody is thought worthy of punishment to have trodden the Son of God's blood under their feet? And that's what me and Jason were talking about beforehand. That's what Romans was talking about. That's what Hebrews was talking about. It was all coming back to this one concept. And like I said, I think Paul was grabbing it and was starting to recognize it. But like me and again, me and Jason talked in Hebrews 2, 3, we get an understanding that the person writing this epistle is talking from secondhand experience. So there's something that's been passed down to him, and now he has a fuller revelation about what this means. I don't think Jesus was just identifying you can't do this, but he was prophesying about the people who were gonna do it. If somebody don't take this microphone, I'm telling you what, I'm gonna start really preaching. In yeah, minute. but it's good
1: stuff. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not
2: trying ever. to stop it. I was just that's gonna say because I'll keep going. Because you were talking about what religious what religion is and religious. So I like when i Did up, you pull a definition? For I me? really did. Cool. Um, it says relating to or believing in a religion, a belief or a practice forming part of someone's thoughts about worship or a divine being, belonging or relating to a monis- mon- monastic.
0: Is that Oxford?
2: I don't know. <laughs> <just curious>. Or <laughs> other groups. For those of literacy, literacy
0: freaks <laughs> and word police, Brandon.
2: Or other people, <laughs> of people who. Other group of people who are united by their religious practices, treated or regarded with a devotion or a, whatever that word is, appropriate to
0: worship. (laughs) So here we are again. Jesus said the mysteries of the kingdom were given to you. What are the mysteries of the kingdom? They are what governs the kingdom. It is how we are supposed to live. It's how we're supposed to reflect ourselves. And then he took it because the disciples, you got to understand some, the disciples were still not getting this. He spent three and a half years with them, and they still couldn't understand this. And so he very simply looked at them and said, they'll know you by your love that you have for one another. So
2: would, would it be wrong to say that a lot of it is the choice?
0: about what we bring into Christianity. Everything.
2: Everything that we do in our walk with God and our walk with Christ is a choice. It's all about choice. And it is.
0: And it is. No, I don't I don't disagree with you. You got something to say? Well
1: yeah, I, I, I like that idea too because well not that idea, but that that thought process. Because if you're thinking about choice, uh, we are set free. We're set oh, yeah. free from sin. So it is a choice now that we're making. If we go back into anything, if we touch anything unclean, it's a choice that we've made. Right. So you, like you said, you are choosing. And you go back to what you were saying about the scripture that says we take up our cross daily. You know, we have to change from glory to glory. We have to continue the walk and get cleaned off on everything that we're doing. And that's without doing that, we're... You know, we're not, making a bad choice.
2: Not just that, but, you know, as you were saying that, I was thinking about how not only that, but if you've laid everything out and laid everything down, you've already emptied yourself. So not only do you have a choice to be set free from those things, you're set free from yourself. All you have left now is to follow Jesus. Those That's the all Bible you us.
0: The Bible says that you are tempted because you've been drawn away by your lust. Yeah. And so we know that we've talked about this before in podcasts and, you know, me and Brandon and all of us, we've talked about this. We know three of the major sins of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. They were the same three things that uh, Satan took down at Eve with. It's the same three things he takes us down with every day.
2: There was a woman at the women's conference that I had went to a couple of weeks ago, Teresa Parks, Pastor Teresa Parks. She had made a comment. She said, I can't stand it when people make that comment. Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to give Eve a piece of my mind. Because, here's why, is because the fact that, oh, she talked to Satan, she was deceived, da-da-da-da-da, well, aren't, don't you talk to him every single day? Doesn't he get into your mind every single day tempting you with something? Whether it be something small, whether it be something, you know, he's constantly trying to get into our mind doing something. Making us have an ugly thought about somebody else, or having an ugly thought about all—well, your husband, he's going to get on your nerves, or he's just getting on your nerves, or whatever. Like it's—it's stupid stuff. And you—and we have a choice in that moment, just like Eve did. It's all about you know.
0: Just I just thinking about something you're talking about that I want to I want to I want to reiterate something too. Everybody here understands that the disciples were devout Jews, right? Everybody knows that. Because they knew, based upon Scripture, who Jesus was. And so another aspect of this, so let's just tackle this from somebody. You know, I grew up with uh, parents who did witchcraft and stuff like that. So let's just tackle this from another angle. You know, we're talking about right now traditions and things that we bring over from our old lives and things that, you know, just follow us around and their mindsets and just different things that are hard for us to break. And so we carry those things around and we don't, I don't think we really truly understand what it means to give it all. You know, as we grow in, as we grow in maturity and as we grow in Christ, I think as time goes on, the Holy Ghost is not somebody who's going to come in and just tear it out of you. You know what I'm saying? He's going to weed some things, weed some things, weed some things, weed some things. And then as it starts to pop up, then he's going to grab it and he's going to say, okay, that's right. Here. You know, we got to get this one out now. You know what I'm saying? The, the weeds and the tares, we could take that in so many different directions. But um, so, something else that I want to point out here is that not only were they devout Jews, but Jesus was also telling them, you will have to relinquish every religious tie that you have to the Jewish church, to uh, the synagogue, to the Pharisees, to the Sadducees. You have no idea who those people were based on their religious backgrounds. Now, we have historical texts that give us ideas about who these people may have been. But you have nothing. Jesus doesn't identify nothing. The guys who wrote the Gospels don't identify nothing. They aren't talking about anything. And it goes all the way back to what Paul said. He said, I've done nothing. He said, the only thing I've ever claimed to know before you is Christ. And so those guys had the same confession. They had the same convictions. And the only thing that they ever confessed was who Christ was. But you don't know what their backgrounds were. So we know that, but we do know that they were Jews. And so I think that's another thing that Jesus was pointing out was that you will have to give it all up because you can't take the old garment and the new cloth and put them together. You can't take the old wine and new wine and mix them together. You're going to have to cut all these religious ties off of you. And we obviously know one disciple who had a problem with that. That was Peter. He was constantly messing stuff up, even when as far as assaulting, you know, could you imagine? I've wondered this a couple of times. I wonder if he knew that dude. And he's just like, you're not taking Jesus from me. And he ran over and just chopped his ear off. Like, could you imagine how that guy must have felt? Like, bro, you just ate dinner at my house like two years ago. You know what I'm saying? You just took my ear off. Like, what's the matter with you? Could you imagine that? Those guards who came, I can't, dude, they had to know who they were. Not just because they were in the synagogues with Jesus over that course of his ministry on the earth, but they were in there long before
1: that ever happened. Well, later when, uh, when Peter's at the synagogue, when they're getting ready to try Jesus, he's, he's standing there and they're recognized like, hey, aren't you one of him? Weren't you with him? I'm pretty sure you were one of them. And obviously we know the story where he denied him three times. But Go ahead, Brandon. Put some insight in this. You've been quiet way
0: too long. Come on, give me something. There's a plethora of untapped knowledge in you.
3: <laughs> Let it spew out. No, that's, uh, that's kind of, so that's why I like verse 39 is because it says, And no one, having drunk old wine, immediately desires new, for he says the old is better. That's what the, the Pharisees and the Sadducees were saying to Jesus. No, I like my ways. I don't want to take part in your covenant because I like being where I am right now. And I like how it says immediately desires because... In different um, accounts in the Bible, it, it, there's a fermentation process. So just like us, there's a fermentation process with us breaking away from that old mindset to the new. And of course, when we first come to Jesus, like you had said, there's certain things that you're immediately cut off, and then there's there's other processes that have to take place for the Holy Spirit to say, yeah. We can deal with this now. So then it, it, it's a fermentation process. But that's why I really liked 39, because it really spoke to the idea that they had a problem with this new covenant. They didn't want to break it because they were setting high on the hog, so to speak. They didn't want to relinquish their power, any type of authority, any type of income, wealth. They just wanted to keep it all. And Jesus came to change all that. And so that's why I really like Luke's account because it seems like it gives a, a more in-depth process. And I mean, even later, when they go to the upper room and and they break bread and wine with Jesus, he even says, the wine is my new covenant. You know, it, it's it's a little cool little thing to add in there. But it's something to think about because there is a process that has to take place and we have to be willing to let go of the old and embrace the new. And here we
0: are. We're right back to the same thing religious, you know, like I said, I, I didn't forget about it. Don't worry. I was going to, I was going to get into it, but you know, think about it like this, you know, if you're somebody who comes out of witchcraft or you're somebody who comes out of and it really quite honestly at this point uh, this new age group of people who are getting saved they're coming out of witchcraft and the problem yeah. is, is they don't even realize that they were involved in it in the first place you know they thought they was just doing something new and it's like nah bro that's what they were doing in pagan seances and you know, that's what my uncles and my dad used to sit outside naked doing like I'm all aware about how the seance works I'm all aware about how some of this stuff functions so it's like you weren't some new age thing coming up with well, this is an ancient pagan tradition that's been carried on for years and years and the only thing the devil's done is he's dressed it up as something else and has convinced people hey come check this out and people are doing it so people are coming out of that they don't even realize that but see they take those things there was a lady me and amber was dealing with one time now i'm gonna tell you right now that woman had a demon in her oh yeah she hands down had a demon in her and uh and i i knew it was in there um because she went to church with us that night, and she didn't. She said something was just telling her not to repeat that prayer that Pastor Phil was trying to pray. Well, with her. she
2: stopped. Like yeah, she
0: started. And she stopped started right to say it, it,
2: and then she said no, and she just stopped and like walked away. Like yeah, so it was, it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen in my life. So she was telling Amber. So she's like Chai and Amber, right?
0: And Amber's just kind of like pointing her back at the word and stuff. So I show up later and we're sitting out there. We were out there till probably one, two o'clock in the morning, just sitting out there talking with her. She wouldn't come in the house. She didn't want to be in the house. Um, And she kept staring at my door. I think the angel that lives in the house, I think it was, uh, I think it was, I think she was seeing it. Honestly, that's what I think. Um, There's a couple of them. One of them stands over there and then there's another one that likes to play around in my dining room and stuff like that. And then Amory apparently watches TV with one, but, uh, that's what she tells us. And he likes Daniel Tiger. So, um, yeah, but no, she was just being super, super weird. But she kept questioning me about stuff like that and questioned me about witchcraft and question. And so I just started cracking it open and I started, you know, we just started having a conversation about it. And she was baffled because I could answer all of her questions because she really thought that she was going to try to trip me up with something. And so I think she bit off more than she could chew. But I could see that demon was trying to like it would try to come up out of her. But then it would it would stop once I answered a question and she wasn't prepared for that answer uh, she would kind of stop and back away from it for a second and then she would come up with a new question and uh you know and finally i just looked at her i said you know i said you might be dabbling in some witchcraft because she was talking about sage in her house and stuff like that i said you might be dabbling in something i said but you're not gonna sit here and convince me that oh i'm a witch i'm a witch i'll cast spells on you i said because you don't got the ability and she just kind of stared at me and i might not have been the exact words that i used but yeah i called her straight out on her crap and I was like, no, I was like, and I, we're just not going to, you know, we're just not going to feed that stuff. And, but people who come out of that kind of stuff, sorry, get back to it. You got to release that. You can't get saved and walk around your house, saging everything. Because the only thing you did was let them in in the first place.
2: How exactly. stupid are people got to be? Oh, I'm going to sage. you ever notice that? They're not stupid. They just don't understand what they're doing. Uh, they don't well, understand that's it's what it's doing. Black lack of knowledge. Yeah. Right? Lack yes. of knowledge. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> sorry, I got one word for it. Because think
0: about it. Oh, I'm having really, really bad dreams. The only thing you did was you subsided the familiar spirit
2: that's been now assigned you, to
0: torment your life.
2: I was about to say, now you're going to open yourself up to those, uh, what are they called when you're like sleep paralysis because you done saged your house and opened up more portals. Like, Oh, yeah, man. No. I'm telling you what. I could take you. I remember one time and then-
0: I'm going to come, I'm gonna have to come and say, I told you, this is, this, is, this is something I think we could go into a couple of weeks on, because we've talked about old lifestyles and new lifestyles mixing. I really want to dive into this religious thing, and I don't want to just stop at witchcraft. I want to talk about people who come out of Muslims. I want to talk about people who are coming out from being atheists. I want to talk about people who are coming out from being Satanists. I want to talk about those kinds of things, because those are patterns of life that are inbred in them, and we just defined what religion was a little bit ago, and it's both. At the end of the day, Man it is Man-made rules. But Jesus' rules aren't man-made. No. his His word, this is how the kingdom functions, and this is how it works, and if you want to succeed, sign up.
1: But what we don't realize is... <laughs> These are the tricks to the trade. Exactly. I mean, let's, let's be honest. For lack of better words, these are the tricks. These are the keys that open up the kingdom. He said, I'm going to give you the keys
0: of the kingdom, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. What is the difference between the first century church and today's church? We have forgotten how to walk in power. We've forgotten how to communicate. He said I would prophesy, we would prophesy, and old men would dream or have visions or dream dreams, and old men would see visions or something like that. I can't remember. I got myself too far ahead. But he said he would pour his spirit out on us. And so that is a constant pour. So we have a responsibility to tap in and conversate with God about where we're going to go next. And anytime that we do that, religious religious spirits will come and say, well, you are going too far in the opposite direction, or we can't do that over here because this is not how we're doing things. Or we organize everything up under one organizational constitution and say, oh, well, we're not going to do that because that's just not how we do things. Look, that was the same religious mess that jesus came and disrupted in the first well, place
2: i was going to add to your keys of the kingdom statement there because you know jesus it it's in scripture it says that jesus had um defeated hell he and I, and I had an analogy in my mind he had went to hell grabbed the keys and he handed it right to you that's exactly what he did when you get saved that's what he's doing he's handing them keys to you this is what you've got now do with it what you will, but that's what I'm saying. So we've we've really strayed away from these, and we've gotten
0: into the stuff like what we talked about with the sinner's prayer. Jesus never had a sinner's prayer, no. And we talked about an idea about why we thought that maybe somebody had done something like that because maybe people come, they don't really know how to approach the concept. But then we become so dogmatic and religious about it, buddy. If they didn't say the sinner's prayer and it wasn't <laughs> the way, way the Baptists did it or the way the Nazarenes did it or the way the uh, Presbyterians or the you know United Methodists did it over here, like. And we're like oh no they didn't get saved because they didn't do it our way you see what i'm saying that was the same religious mess that jesus came and got rid of in the first place and so to come to him and to fully come to him yeah we're gonna have another week on this i'm just telling you because this this i'm telling you what religions of the world are like
2: well now they've like got... my
0: cocaine
2: i was about to say well now they've got <laughs> i love to learn about
0: them man because when you really get with somebody who is struggling Cocaine was a bad analogy. but I'm just saying it's like well you've, it's now you have churches man.
2: out there that are actually throwing people out of the church. Right. Like I right. I seen something on Facebook the other day that there was a church that had threw their family out because they didn't do whatever they wanted them to do. So they took it to the board and the board's like kick them out. Well, and they use scripture. See, remember we talked That's about twisted. this before. That's they so use demonic. scripture
0: to justify what they did. Now I'm not saying we justify unmarried people living together. I'm not ever going to be a person who justifies that because I don't believe in it. I think it's ridiculous. And the only reason why we see so much of it is because we aren't teaching it and we aren't opposing it maybe properly, but there's a way to make a stance like that and do so in love. There's a way to talk to a young lady who feels like she has the right to kill the baby in her stomach, and to approach that, and to have a stance on that, but do so in love. There's a way to approach somebody who's homosexual, and you know that what's going on in their life is wrong, but there's a way to approach them and have a stance and then still be able to love them. Jesus approached people all the time, under this concept right here. He wasn't worried about what was going on or what the religious leaders were doing of that day. He went and he sat at the well. He sent the people in to go get food for him. And then he just waited. I actually loved it because I was watching. What's that? What is that that they were doing? The Chosen? yeah. And the episode, that's how they ended their first season was on that, that account. And it was so cool because he sent them in. He said, oh, I'm tired. I'll wait here for you. And he sent them in. And I think he had an experience like he had with... Uh, Nicodemus. And I think he said, while you were under the fig tree, I saw you. I think he had a vision or he had an experience with the Holy Spirit and he waited for her to show up. And so it just shows him sitting there, just rocking his feet, waiting on her to come. And later on in the day, here she come walking up the hill. And then she had the experience. She was one of the first women to become an evangelist. (gasps) Excuse me. And then he sent her in and she ran the whole city out to him. But Jesus didn't empower women, right? Because that's religious, and we can't believe that. But anyways... Well, I was going to
2: read this scripture. It's actually in Luke 5, 30. If you go up from 33, where we were just reading, it says the Pharisees and the scribes, seeing those with whom he was associating, began murmuring in discontent to his disciples asking, why are you eating and drinking with tax collectors and sinners, including the non-observant Jews? And Jesus replied to them, it is not those who are healthy that need a physician, but only those who are sick. I did not come to the... I did not come to call the self-proclaimed righteous who see no need to repent, but the sinners who want who want repentance to change their old ways of thinking and to turn from sin to seek God and his righteousness.
0: See, this is why we use the King Jimmy. Oh, Jesus my gosh. Wept. <laughs> Jesus wept. <laughs> no, I'm just picking on you. But no, I, I'm serious. I think that there we could literally crack another week open on this because especially when it comes to this. Because this is this is an issue we're dealing with with young Christians coming in, you know. And, and this is a conversation I think I had with one of the kids. I said, you know, I said, it used to be pretty unpopular to come into school with multicolor hair. I said, nobody else did it when I was a kid. I said, if you had black clothes on or if you had black fingernail polish or something like that, you were unusual. Black hair was another big one. I said, now everybody is doing it. And I, I told them, I said, you know, I said, the only rebellion that's left, and I heard a preacher preach it one time and a song actually, the only rebellion is left is Jesus because nobody is after him. Nobody is following him. Nobody's chasing him. Nobody's giving him everything. Does that mean that our current leaderships across the world today are doing it wrong? No, I don't believe that. I think that we're lacking a revelation about who God is, and we've lost it somewhere between the first century church and now, and I really wholeheartedly believe that it's in these parables and it's getting these understandings because like I said before, all the apostles did was they went and they was like, what did Jesus say about this? What What did he tell us about this? And the Bible says that it was the apostles' doctrine. It wasn't what Jesus, it was what Jesus taught, but they formulated it and they put it together and they started applying it to people's situations, much like we sit here and do over this podcast. We could sit here and come up with a hundred scenarios about when we brought old and new things together, or when we got mad when we were supposed to love or when we, you know, threw something across the room when we should have been forgiving or when we went to sleep mad at our spouse and we should have let let the, you know, let, let things go down, not let the sun go down on our wrath. You know, we could sit and we could do this all day long and we
1: could make this as practical as it would. Go ahead. Well, I just wanted to point out that, uh, uh, I at the beginning of this that was the scripture that I was having trouble with this the uh, 39 Luke 39 what what is it real quick 639 no, 639 yeah 539. 5, 539. 539 539 Luke 539 was the one I was having trouble with to begin with but to have it expounded like this it actually makes so much more sense to connect everything together like it 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 He's saying, Brandon's saying that it is the one that he is absolutely loved about it all, and I'm sitting over here like, man, it's giving me so much trouble because I couldn't get my mind around the fact that anybody would want to go away from the the new wine and the new blessing and the new anointing. But it makes so much sense now. Like, just the way to break it open like this.
2: Sometimes people do it without even realizing that they're doing it, too. Like, when me and Logan first got saved, he was all gung-ho. Like, I'm throwing my pot out. I'm getting rid of this. I'm doing, you know. And I'm like, how dare you get rid of my weed? Like, I was mad. (laughs) And I, he's, like, ready to go f- straight for this thing, and I'm, like, in and out. Like, I'm lukewarm. I'm toes in the water. Like, oh, maybe, nope, maybe, like, back and forth. I, I couldn't decide if I was going to go all in or if I was going to stay on the border, you know? And that was my problem. And he was he was the one diving, and I'm like, how dare you? Till I got to something I didn't
0: like. Right. And then I started bordering on stuff. But that, and for a long time between me and Amber, that was how it went. Yeah. Back and forth, back and forth. Brandon, if you don't start talking more,
2: <laughs> I'm going
0: to launch something across the studio at you. But hey, anyways, in love. In love. In It'll love. totally be in love. Everything I'll even write love. love across it. It'll just go right Hard away. love. As long as you say
2: how. <laughs> <out. laughs> hard love. Yeah, hard love. It'll be
1: hard love. I Capisce? Just, <laughs> how, much, how much more would you do and the, the acting out when we're on the camera, though? I'm just saying, because she was doing the toes in and out of the water, like she was acting it all out. And I just think that that'd be great if it was on on video doing that. Well, I would have done it.
0: So, uh, <laughs> all right. So with that being said, look, guys, if you're listening today and you're hearing this, understand you cannot come to Christ without laying everything down. And so we're opening this up, but... I don't think we're being clear, clear about this. You know what I'm saying? And I'm only pointing out two major concepts because there are two things we're dealing with in today's culture. That is traditions from our family and that is uh, religious ties that we have before salvation. And, you know, real fast, to add to this before we do our salvation call, I remember Pastor Phil telling me a story about how this church revival just hit this church meeting that they were doing uh, over in uh, Africa. And they had this huge tarp. And they had it laid out because this place was heavily overran with witch doctors. Now, over there, he said, you know, he said, it ain't like here. He said, over there, if a witch doctor gets involved in your life, it's not a good thing. And he said that this, you know, all of a sudden things just exploded, man. And people started getting saved. Muslims were getting saved. Witch doctors were getting saved. Warlocks were getting saved. I mean, all these people that were just subdued by the occult. They were all getting saved, and then past I think it was Pastor dosik he said, now, he said, now that you've accepted Jesus as Lord, he said, you're going to prove it. He said, you're going to bring everything that you've got, all of the instruments that you use for unrighteousness, all the instruments, everything, he said, and you're going to put it on this tarp, he said, and we're going to burn it. And buddy, they had a bonfire outside of that church, where, and people were running up there, and they were praising God, and they were, man, they were throwing this stuff right down in there, because they understood this very, very simple concept. If I'm gonna go after him, I gotta give it all. And so we're gonna. I really want to dive some more into religions specifically next week, um, because I really think we did a really good job touching on on family ties and things like that. Because it's something I think we most of us probably have struggled with at some point. Because we're like, well, mom and dad always did it this way, and God, I know you want me to do it this way, but I'm struggling because I know I should do it this way, but like I find myself doing it this way, right? That was the that was the pipe fight that Paul had. So I just wanna. I want to tell you, first off, that, you know, we are not inconsiderate to your weakness. You know, we're aware that that people struggle, and we're aware that uh, salvation is, is something we're going to have to work on. The Bible says to walk out our salvation with fear and trembling, and not in an, in a, in a scared-to-death kind of way, but in a... I mean, maybe partially, but, you know, also uh, in, in understanding who God is and understanding that he sees and and just being real. So I'm going to ask you right now to be real. And uh, if you would like to, I want you to repeat this prayer with me, because if you're saying, I don't know Jesus, then I want to give you an opportunity to get an experience with him. And so what I want you to say is just, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I give you my life and I repent of my sin and from this day forward, I'll live for you, because you died for me. And I ask that you wash me clean, and that you would baptize me with the Holy Spirit. And I just thank you for it in Jesus' name, Amen. And uh, if you guys, if you guys accepted Jesus today, we really do want to know about it. Um, we want to celebrate with you. And I we're getting closer and closer to the parable we're going to talk about, about the sheep and the 99 and and how heaven celebrates over the center. Uh, because I, I I really, I re- we really do. We just want to celebrate. We're just excited. And we want to know God's moving and doing stuff. You know, it's an encouragement to us to get feedback from people because, you know, sometimes we come in to sit down and feel like it's not worth it, you know, because we feel like we're not getting anywhere. We're not making an impact. And so, you know, even though we only see 17 views uh an episode it's exciting because while 10 of those may be from our own staff <laughs> 7 of those people are not and so you know we are reaching at least 7 and uh that's the completion so i guess i'll just be thankful you know that god's been god's counted us faithful to do something uh just to do something for him and just to do something to increase him so uh please reach out and let us know and uh who wants to pray us out somebody don't all put your hands up at once Okay.
2: Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this word, and we thank you for the hearts that you have given, Lord, and we thank you that everybody in here is completely different, Lord, and that you've given them different ways of talking and teaching, Lord, and I just give you praise for it, because that just shows that every person that hears this is going to be touched by something different out of each of our mouths, Lord, and I just give you praise. I ask that it didn't fall on deaf ears, but that you would just allow it to ferment, and that they would be able to go and do new things in you, and I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. Hey guys, join back in with us next week and we're going to crack open a part two of this and uh, we're looking forward to it. Take care and God bless.